morning. Uh, appreciated that song that we just sang, On Christ the Solid Rock I Stand, uh, because in a way we're going to be talking about rocks this morning. Um, uh, not necessarily in that context, but people who used rocks for various things. Um, this morning, Ricky, uh, during the remembrance meeting, uh, read a passage in which Israel um, and the children of God are reminded of uh, certain things that the Lord has brought them through, certain things that the Lord provides, certain things that the Lord does uh, and did along their journey in their lives um, and so forth. Uh, so if you'll turn with me to Psalm 103, we're going to be talking about uh, setting up memorials in our lives, talking about looking upon our lives and not simply getting through something uh, and moving on and, and jumping into the next hurdle, um, but remembering what the Lord does in our lives. Uh, so Psalm 103, and uh, we'll read uh, starting in verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord executes righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his, way, he made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in mercy. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. For he knows our frame, he remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass. As a flower of the field, so he flourishes. For the wind passes over it, and it is gone. And its place remembers it no more. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him, and, on, and his righteousness, righteousness is to children's children. To such as keep his commandment, and to those who remember his commandments to do them. The Lord has established his throne in heaven, and his kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord, you his angels, who excel in strength, who do his word, heeding the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all you his hosts, you ministers of his, you do his pleasure. Bless the Lord, all his works, in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. I want to emphasize verse 2 here. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Um, we are a very forgetful people. Um, and in verse, uh, verse 16, so actually 15, As for man, his days are like grass, as a flower of the field, so he flourishes. For the wind passes over it, and it is gone, and its place remembers it no more. Our memories, I think, tend to fall in line more with that. We kind of just, 
the wind passes, we move on, and things are gone. Um, whether it's a lesson that was learned, whether it's um, some grace that was poured out upon us, um, whatever the situation has been in our walk with the Lord, we tend to kind of get on a spiritual high and get excited, and I'm never going to forget this, Lord. And then a couple days, sometimes a couple minutes, and, it, and it's gone. Um, and we're, we're kind of relapsing. We play the circle uh, between us and the Lord. Uh, Psalms 111 and verse 4. Hundred eleven and verse four reads, "He has made his wonderful works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion." Um, there is so much that the Lord has done. We we mentioned uh, a lot this morning uh, from from what the Lord Jesus Christ did for us on the cross, uh, from creation itself. Um, his works he made to be remembered, so we should remember them. Um, and turn with me one more time to Deuteronomy chapter 8. Deuteronomy chapter 8. And uh, we'll start in verse 2. And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and to test you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. So he humbled you, allowed you to hunger, and he fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Your garments did not wear out on you, nor did your foot swell these forty years. You should know in your heart that as a man chastens his son, so the Lord God chastens you. Therefore, you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God to walk in his ways and to fear him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks, of water, of fountains and springs that flow out of the valleys and the hills, a land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive oil and honey, a land in which you will eat bread without scarcity, in which you will lack nothing, a land in whose stones are iron, and out of those hills you can dig copper. When you have eaten and are full, then you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he has given you. Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments, his judgments, and his statutes, which I command you today. Lest when you have eaten and are full and have built beautiful houses and dwell in them, and when your herds and your flocks multiply and your silver and your gold are multiplied and all that you have is multiplied, when your heart is lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who led you through the great and terrible wilderness in which were fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty land where there was no water, who brought water from the, fil from the flinty rock, who fed you in the wilderness with manna, which your fathers did not know, that he might humble you and that he might test you to do you good in the end. Then you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand have gained me this wealth. And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers, and it is this day. Uh, so here we have a very plain and, and simple uh, uh, command, a simple word given to the people of Israel. 
in which their forgetfulness was addressed, in which the Lord commanded them to remember. Um, I'll speak for myself when I say many times the Lord will bring me through something, uh, through a trial, through a hardship, through whatever it may be, and it will be very, very, very evident to myself and to anyone who's around me possibly that it was the Lord who brought me through this situation or the Lord who blessed me with whatever it was. And, uh, and I will get on my knees and I will thank him and I will, you know, praise him till the sun goes down. And usually that's kind of where it ends. And then when the sun comes back up, I've kind of forgotten and it kind of wears off. You know, and, you know, a little bit down the line, you look back and you go, okay, well, you know, I've got my checklist of places I want to be and things I want to do. And you go down that list and, and, okay, check, 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 good, good, good. I'm, I'm, doing, I'm making progress. I'm doing good. What's next on my goals? And we kind of forget who it was that brought us where we are, who it is that lifted, it, lifted us out of the pit that we were in. Um, that's exactly what the, the people of Israel were warned about here. Um, you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant. And it's not just physical things. It's not just material things. It's every everything. It's every spiritual blessing that he pours out on us. It's our position in Christ. We need to remember these things. Um, so we're going to look at a couple examples, three examples, um, of remembering the Lord, remembering what he's done for us, remembering his commands. Uh, turn with me to Genesis 28. And we will start in verse 10, Genesis 28 and verse 10. Now Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran. So he came to a certain place and stayed there all night, because the sun had set. And he took one of the stones of that place and put it at his head, and he lay down in that place to sleep. Then he dreamed, and behold, a ladder was set up on the earth, and its top reached to heaven. And there the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie will, I will give to you and your descendants. Also your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. You shall spread abroad to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. And in you and in your seed all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken. Then Jacob woke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place. And I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. Then Jacob rose early in the morning and took the stone that he had put at his head, set it up as a pillar, and poured oil on top of it. And he called the name of that place Bethel. But the name of that city had been Luz, or Luz previously. Then Jacob made a vow, saying, If God will be with me and keep me in this way that I am going, and give me bread to eat and clothing to put on, so that I come back to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. And this stone, which I have set as a pillar, shall be God's house, and of all that you give me I will surely give a tenth to you. Here we have Jacob, who's left his father's home, 
uh, was fleeing from his brother Esau, um, things aren't looking great for him. Up until now, he had been uh, Jacob, the son of Isaac, you know, and Isaac uh, worshipped the Lord. Um, and he worshipped the God of his father. And that's kind of how it's always mentioned. Um, this is the first time Jacob has to meet God on his own. There, there's no middleman. He's not under his father anymore. He's not in his father's house. It's out in the wilderness. And now, the, now it's time to, to, to make a decision. And his, his relationship with the Lord has started here. Um, it, it kind of, it, it's a shift in the way uh, we see Jacob um, and, his, and the Lord's dealings with him. And he puts a stone we, we see a lot of altar building in the Old Testament, and, uh, but this wasn't an altar. This wasn't some monument. He, didn't, he said this is the house of God. He didn't build a structure or anything like that. He had a stone, and it was the stone that he had his head on when he met the Lord. So he puts it up, and for him, that is a reminder, and it changed the name of that place. Um, he, it, it became where he was going to, said an oath before the Lord to keep his commands and statutes, where the Lord told him what he was going to do for him in his life if he did that. And for Jacob, that was going to be a reminder spot. That was going to be a place where he would hold himself and the Lord would hold him accountable to his word and to what happened that night. Fast forward a little bit to Genesis 31. So we've seen God's promises given to Jacob, We've seen his relationship change, become established with the Lord. And uh, Genesis 31, we'll start in verse 44. Now, therefore, come, and this is Laban speaking to Jacob, his uncle. Now, therefore, come, let us make a covenant, you and I, and let it be a witness between you and me. So Jacob took a stone and set it up as a pillar. Then Jacob said to his brethren, Gather stones. And they took stones and made a heap, and they ate there on the heap. Laban called it Jagar Sahadutha, and Jacob called it Galid. And Laban said, This heap is a witness between you and me this day. Therefore, its name was called Galid. Also Mizpah, because he said, may the Lord watch between you and me when we are absent from one another. Uh, here we have a different type of memorial or, or reminder that Jacob set up. Again, he, you know, he picked up a stone, picked up a rock, and, and set it up upright like a pillar. He changed the name of the place again. Um, Jagar Saharutha is what Laban called it. Um, I don't know the meaning of that. I think it was just a, a name. Um, but Jacob called it Galid, and after he put up also a heap of stones, uh, and that means witnessing rocks or, or stones of witness. Um, and, and he says right here, it was also called the place Mizpah, because he said, may the Lord watch between you and me when we are absent one from another. Uh, how many times do we come to a point in our lives or in the Lord, or relationship with the Lord where we kind of realize either a behavior that we tend to have about ourselves that maybe isn't becoming, uh, doesn't exemplify the Lord, or, or an action that we do, an activity we partake in, something that uh, really can be 
sanded down a little bit that the Lord needs to take control of. Um, I don't remember where I read it uh, or who said it, uh, but the point was brought up that these two men were cheaters. Uh, Jacob was kind of a cheater, or was a cheater. Uh, his uncle was a cheater. Both of them really weren't trustworthy characters. And yet here they're meeting to make an agreement. You've got two cheaters who are trying to make a vow to each other. And it doesn't, doesn't seem like it's going to go successfully. So who do they have to bring in? The Lord. Um, Jacob brings in the Lord. Laban, you know, I'm, I'm not sure where uh, he's, I mean, he says the Lord. I'm not sure if he means just, the act, you know, the true living God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But he gives it a, just a secular name. Jacob has this opportunity, and he brings the name of the Lord into it. The Lord is my witness. The Lord is the one who's going to keep me honest. Um, the Lord is the only one who's going to allow me to keep this vow. And to remember it, we're going to set up a rock. We're going to set up a pile of stones. And notice, uh, this time, there's more stones. Um, and and he's, he's moving along in his walk. He's moving along in, in, in life. And now the Lord is more involved in his decisions. Uh, the Lord wasn't involved in his decisions before he left his father's house. It was his mother and their scheming. And, and now he's bringing the Lord into this uh, dealing with his uncle. Uh, and he changes the name of the place. So here is going to be a place and a, a physical object that will remind him that the Lord will hold him to this, to this vow uh, to be uh, faithful to the agreement between him and Laban. Uh, go forward again to Genesis 35. Verse 1, Genesis 35, verse 1 reads, Then God said to Jacob, Arise, go up to Bethel, and dwell there, and make an altar there to God, who appeared to you when you fled from the face of Esau your brother. And Jacob said to his household and to all who were with him, Put away the foreign gods that are among you. Purify yourselves and change your garments. Then let us arise and go up to Bethel, and I will make an altar there to God, who answered me in the day of my distress. And has been with me in the way which I have gone. So now we're kind of coming back around after all these years. He's coming right back to the place where he first set up that stone. uh, Where the Lord made all these promises to Jacob. And Jacob made promises to the Lord. And so now the Lord has called him back to that place. He's bringing him back to square one. And Jacob kind of does like a self-examination. Um, and you can ask yourself this, you know, what, how often does God kind of bring us back to, to a place where we've been before, a situation where we've been before? How many times do we look uh, and realize, what, what are the words I told the Lord I was going to do? I was going to serve him and no one else. I need to get rid of all these idols and gods in my house. So he told his household and all who were with him, put away the foreign gods that are among you. All of a sudden, memory's kicking in. I'm going back to that stone. I'm going back to Bethel. Purify yourselves and change your garments. Let us arise and go up to Bethel. I will make an altar there to God, who answered me in the day of my distress. And now he's remembering what the Lord did for him. Uh, And has been with me in the way which I have gone. So didn't just help him out once and leave him. He's been with him consistently. And now Jacob is... Uh, recognizing that. Uh, 
uh, jump down to verse 9. Then God appeared to Jacob again when he came from Padan Aram and blessed him. And God said to him, Your name is Jacob. Your name shall not be called Jacob anymore. But Israel shall be your name. So he called his name Israel. Also, God said to him, I am God Almighty. Be fruitful and multiply. A nation and a company of nations shall proceed from you, and kings shall come from your body. So here we have Jacob finally squared things away and did kind of what he was supposed to do and what he promised to do years ago. And not only, not moments after, as it were, has he set foot back uh, where the Lord told him to come, and already the Lord's making more and more promises, re-emphasizing what he's going to do to bless him. Uh, The land, verse 12, which I gave Abraham and Isaac, I give to you, and to your descendants after you I give this land. Then God went up from him in the place where he talked with him. So Jacob set up a pillar in the place where he talked with him, a pillar of stone, and he poured a drink offering on it, and he poured oil on it. And Jacob called the name of the place where God spoke with him, Bethel. Kind of a reaffirmation, a reassertion. Um, I think more and more these days we're, we're kind of tending to see that almost as a pattern uh, in our lives or in churches or camps and things like that. Um, we, we kind of, we dedicate our lives to the Lord. We, we give our lives over uh, to the Lord and whatever happens, we kind of fall away and you know, the very next summer we're going to come up and we're going to rededicate our lives to the Lord and, um, and reaffirm everything. And uh, here we have Jacob having been through quite uh, an interesting uh, gap of years between the first time he was there and the second time he's come. Now he has two wives, children, families, servants, cattle, uh, riches. Um, but something is very different. He's, he's cleansed his life. He's cleansed his family's life from all those altars. And now he's come before the Lord. Um, and he sets up another stone. And he remembers that this is the place I called Bethel. And he reaffirms that. Um, are we holding on to our word uh, that we give to the Lord? Are we remembering why we set up certain memorials in our lives? Why, why the Lord brought us through something and we thank him and we praise him. And we kind of set it as a, as a point in our lives um, are we remembering these things and coming back to them? And are we not making the changes that need to be made? Are we just going in a circle or are we moving forward uh, in our walk with the Lord? Um, this is on a personal level. Um, here we see Jacob going through this and it was by himself. And then it was with another, uh, his, fa- his uncle. And then now his whole family. Um, it's happening in his life, and he's making sure that it's carrying on to those uh, around him. There's also the corporate level. Um, Turn with me to Joshua 4. As a body of believers, familiar passage. um, Joshua 4, starting again in verse 1. And it came to pass when all the people had completely crossed over the Jordan that the Lord spoke to Joshua, saying, Take for yourselves twelve men from the people, one man from every tribe, and command them, saying, Take for yourselves twelve stones from here, out of the midst of the Jordan, from the place where the priest's feet stood firm. 
You shall carry them over with you and leave them in the lodging place where you lodge tonight. Then Joshua called the twelve men whom he had appointed from the children of Israel, one man from every tribe. And Joshua said to them, Cross over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan. And each one of you take up a stone on his shoulder according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel. That this may be a sign among you when your children ask in time to come, saying, What do these stones mean to you? Then you shall answer them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord when it crossed over the Jordan. The waters of the Jordan were cut off. And these stones shall be for a memorial to the children of Israel forever. And the children of Israel did so, just as Joshua commanded, and took up twelve stones from the midst of the Jordan, as the Lord had spoken to Joshua, according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, and carried them over with them to the place where they lodged, and laid them down there. Then Joshua set up twelve stones in the midst of the Jordan, in the place where the feet of the priests who bore the Ark of the Covenant stood, and they are there to this day. And that's my favorite part of that whole story. They are there to this day. Um, I would love to go scuba diving over there and, and see if you could find them. Um, but the fact is that it is an, it's not something that's going to go away. These rocks are there as an eternal reminder. Um, and it's interesting, there's stones on the far side of the, of the river, and there's stones in the middle of it, right? You know, where the water closed back up. Um, and, and we could go into a whole other thing on that. Um, but in, inside the riverbed, uh, it's symbolizing, identifying with the death of Christ. That's when the life changes, going through the water. On the other side, the rocks symbolize uh, a resurrection with Christ, identifying with that new life. Um, and here, the people of Israel have done exactly what the Lord said, one for each tribe. Um, and as a group together, and when we go on, um, for sake of time, we probably won't look at it. Um, but they've died with Christ. They've been redirected with Christ. Uh, they're going a different way. They're no longer living in death and in sin. Um, they're told to teach their children. And the children of Israel are supposed to carry this on and, can, and explain it to the children. And, and they'll teach their children and so on and so forth. And what happens later on, we see this, and again, for sake of time, we won't touch it, but what happens when uh, a generation of children arises who didn't know what God had done for them? They went their own way, and God didn't rule. God didn't have the position he was supposed to have in the people of Israel. Um, these, these memorials, uh, these, these things that the Lord brings us through, we should hold on to, and we should not quickly forget the works of the Lord. Uh, for example, as an assembly, we go through ups and we go through downs. We've been through hard times and through, through great times. Um, do we kind of forget them and, and, and the time that the Lord strengthened us and the things that the Lord taught us and, and go along and, and then maybe years later uh, get taught a lesson again or whatever it may be? Or do we rejoice and do we hold on to these lessons and, and continue and, and look back on what the Lord brought us through Thank him for it continually. It's, it's something that we should do in our personal lives. It's something that we should be doing as a, as a body of believers as well, not forgetting the works of the Lord. Do, are we looking at these things? Are we remembering the works of the Lord? Um, and, and the simple 
the, the simplicity that I appreciate about the, these examples um, is that they weren't elaborate, like I mentioned earlier, buildings or anything like that. There were rocks. There were rocks everywhere that they walked. Um, and they just stood it up or put a few of them in a pile or whatever it was. Um, that's w what it was. Are, are we setting up something in our lives? Um, I, I had uh, a friend years and years ago, um, and we, we ministered together in, in, a, in a certain ministry, and there was a, a trial that went through that ministry. And uh, only recently, a few years ago, did I start appreciating this. Um, but we prayed together, and he goes, do you mind if we you know, kind of put, put our concerns and our issues hold them on a rock and, 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 and put these rocks here, and we'll always know between us that we had these rocks. I thought, okay, I guess that's, you know, that's what, interesting, but sure. I, and I humored him, as it were. Um, but to this very day, I don't forget that, ever. Um, and I remember that trial that we went through during that ministry, and I remember the, the, the verses that we read together. I remember the prayer, uh, the time of prayer that we had. And I remember exactly what that rock look and felt, looked and felt like. Um, we can set up memorials in our lives. Now, we're not setting up idols and, and, and physical things that we're going to be looking at. But here we see Jacob do it. Here we see the children of Israel do it, not forgetting the works of the Lord. We are very forgetful people, very forgetful people. And that's why the Lord uses simple, uh, simple things, a loaf of bread and a, and a cup of wine, day-to-day -day objects uh, that, that symbol, simple, symbol, symbolize uh, the essentials of life, things that everybody had. Um, and we had a time this morning of remembrance. Um, we do it every, every week at the beginning of the week. And, and the Lord himself asks us in Matthew uh, 26, as often as you do this, remember me, because we are so prone to forget. Um, I'd like to read a, uh, a thought um, that Charles, Charles Spurgeon had um, he says this, At the present time, in a spiritual sense, God in his mercy interposes on behalf of those who are in a similar condition to that of Israel and Egypt. You remember how Hannah sang, He raises up the poor out of the dust and lifts up the beggar from the dunghill to set them among princes and to make them inherit the throne of glory. That dunghill would help that beggar remember what the Lord did for him. He would say, How can I forget that I was thrown away like a worthless thing? In my own estimation, I was a rotten, worthless, useless thing, fit only to be thrown among the rubbish of creation. But the Lord suddenly appeared to me, lifted me up, and set me among the princes of his people. Can I ever forget that? Let the bride forget her ornaments, and let my right hand forget her cunning. But never can my soul forget how the Lord brought me out of that horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock, and established my goings. Um, we, we saw kind of a progression in Jacob's example. Um, his, he's established his relationship with the Lord. He goes on in, in, in aspects of his life, in various dealings, the Lord is also there and, and there to remind him of a change he needs to have in his character. And then he comes back to the place where his relationship started, 
cleaning out his life, remembering the words that he promised the Lord he would accomplish in his life, and the Lord reminds him that he is going to keep his promises. I think it's interesting that the Lord uh, set a rainbow in the sky and, uh, so that he would remember his promise to the people. And, and you kind of read that and you think, well, God doesn't, he's not going to forget. I mean, he doesn't need, but that's what the Lord says. He, he sets it there as a reminder that he will never flood the earth again. The words that he gave to Moses and his family. Um, so I, if the Lord can set a reminder, I probably should be as well. Because um, I'll tell you, my mom will tell you, my memory is, it's not good. I'm a very forgetful person. And when that carries on into my relationship with the Lord, that's, that's when uh, things tend to, my walk tends to suffer. I forget the position he's put me in, a position of blessing uh, that I don't deserve. Whether it's a, a rock or a rainbow or, or a, a dunghill, uh, in case of this beggar, um, we, we need to be careful and, and conscientious enough to set up these memorials in our lives that, that bring us back to where the Lord has gotten us through. Um, quickly, let's uh, go to Matthew, just very briefly. Uh, in chapter 27. Chapter 27 and verse uh, 28. And they stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him. And when they had twisted a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and a reed in his right hand. And they bowed the knee before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. Then they spat on him and took the reed and struck him on the head. And when they had mocked him, they took the robe off of him and put his own clothes and led him away to be crucified. Then they crucified him, verse 35, and divided his garments, casting lots, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet. They divided my garments among them, and for my clothing did they cast lots. He was stripped. He had a crown of thorns placed upon his head. He had a reed beating that crown of thorns into his head, he was scourged, and you know, he was uh, given a huge, heavy burden full of thorns, splinters that he had to carry to the point where it, he couldn't carry it. Then he was laid down on that cross, and they put nails through his hands, and they put nails through his feet. And that's what we remembered this morning. That's where we were brought back this morning. And when we're, whether we're dead or the Lord comes soon and we're up in glory, those scars are actually still going to be there. The stripes on his back, the scars on his hand and his feet, on his head, they will all be there. The piercing of it on his side. An eternal, eternal marker and memory of what the Lord Jesus Christ did for us. None of which 
we would have any of the blessings without that sacrifice. We would be in our lost estate. We would be like this beggar in Hannah's prayer, uh, worthy to be thrown out with the rubbish of all creation. But instead, the one who accomplished all that creation decided to change that position, take upon himself at immeasurable cost, which again, we had the privilege of remembering this morning, and, and, and bring us up among the princes, as, uh, as Charles Spurgeon says. Those are going to be eternal markers. Maybe we should reflect on our lives just a little more. The blessings that the Lord has brought us through. Look back at that, that moment when he lifted us up out of the miry clay. Put that moment before our, our eyes. And, and whether it's give our lives back to the Lord, whether it's continue on for the Lord, or whether it's just to say thank you again, because we sang a hymn this morning, a thousand, a thousand thanksgivings. We, he's got a lot more that he's due than we've given him. Let's reflect on our lives and not forget the works of the Lord, which he made that they might be remembered. He deserves it, and it's, it's the very least that we can do. Um, he's given us our lives, so it's his. And we should thank him. We should remember that every single day. Let's pray. God and Father, we thank you so much for your love. We thank you for your son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we are so thankful that this morning we had the honor and the privilege of remembering him in the simple fashion in which he asked us to. We thank you that the creator of heaven and earth came down to this sin-cursed earth and became flesh, took upon himself our sin, and though he was presumed and, and seen by all to have no guilt, yet willingly he took the punishment for us. And Father, we thank you that forever he will have those scars on his hands reminding us of his great love. And Father, we look forward till that day, to that day where we'll be able to sing a thousand and thousand thanksgivings because he deserves it. He is alone worthy to receive it. Father, we thank you for what you've done in our lives and what you continue to do every single day. We know that we have been given a blessing beyond compare. And we pray that we would not forget that. We pray that our our wandering hearts, our forgetful hearts would be changed, that we would be able to reflect on our lives and, and set up reminders uh, that cause us to praise, thank, and, and endure the one who, who changed our lives and the one who continues to walk with us and take us through the valleys and the mountains day after day after day. Father, we thank you for your word which guides us and, and serves as a reminder itself. And Father, we, uh, we pray that as we go from here, um, that in all things we would uh, seek to honor and, and, uh, and bring glory to the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, that if we come into dealings with others, that we would bring the Lord into it. And that when we are alone, that we would bring you into it. And, and Lord, in all things, that we wouldn't uh, forget where our blessings come from and, and get puffed up and think of ourselves as successful or strong or accomplished or smart, 
But Father, that we would remember all things are from you. And you've brought us through the wilderness. You continue to bring us through the wilderness. And we look forward uh, to the day we uh, enter the promised land. And Lord, again, it's, it's uh, by your son and what he has done on the cross for us. And it's in his holy and precious name that we praise and we thank you. Amen.